I hear them talking in the streets, but they don't say the real. We really debating the industry and what the six of feel. Cold shoulders turn to open arms when you on for real. Ain't no strangers to the bricks. Now let's build something for real. It's too real, real, it's too real. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy E. It's, it's too real. 2018, the first episode of the year, man. Hope y'all doing well out there. Hope y'all enjoyed your, whatever your, your festivities, your Christmas, your New Year, your Hanukkah, your Kwanzaa, whatever it was. You know what I mean? I hope y'all made it into this new year and y'all having a great time. Uh, yeah, man. I'm just glad to be back. You know what I mean? Didn't drop an episode last week. Apologies. You know what I'm saying? But we here, man. We gonna start this thing off right. It's 2018, man. We gotta, we gotta elevate. You know what I'm saying? Um, in every aspect, I hope we all elevate. You know what I mean? Hope we all starting off right with our goals. You know what I mean? Or whatever we set for ourselves. Um, yeah, man. It's 2018. I'm, I'm 26. Like I turned 26 on December 22nd. I, I think that was like the last episode. Was probably like around then, but. I don't know, man. I feel old. Can't lie to you. I definitely feel old. Um, but I feel wiser at the same time. You know what I mean? Like as old as I feel, I'm like, wow. I really wish I knew all the shit that I knew now when I was younger. You know what I mean? And I would probably be in a much, much better place. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's just what age comes with the wisdom. You know what I mean? And hopefully, you can just shed that light on other people so they don't got to go through the same things. But I just look back on certain things I did. I'm just like, wow, I would never do this shit again. I'm just I laugh, you know what I mean? I literally feel wiser. And yeah, man, I'm just trying to, you know, just trying to do things right. But um, you know what I mean? No bullshit. Um, shout out to everybody who's been listening, man. That's been with us for so long, you know what I mean? Um, let's just make this year a good one. But I just want to give y'all a heads up, man. I was I was telling y'all that I wanted to become a vegan, not I didn't want to become a vegan or whatever. I'm, that I was trying to become go vegetarian. I think I said that on the last episode. And my birthday, I think, was the last time I ate something that was meat. You know what I mean? I had uh, some chicken or something like that. And so yeah, here we are. And I'm going crazy. Like I eat eggs still. You know what I mean? If I um. But I'm going crazy. I can't tell you guys no lie. The the reason why I stopped eating meat, and when I say meat, is I never was a guy to eat. I don't eat steaks. I don't eat lobster. I don't eat oxtail. I don't eat none of that shit. Like when I eat meat, I only ate burgers, which are four ounce burgers, four to six ounces. They cannot be any bigger, any larger than that because I don't like chewy meat. Like I was, I really will. I can't eat that type of shit. But um. So I would eat burgers, tacos, you know what I mean, and chicken breast, only chicken breast. But the thing is, I, I stopped eating out, like, at restaurants and stuff. Like, it just kind of, I just kind of outgrew the food. Like, food just from restaurants isn't for me. Like, they don't make shit up to quality. It's probably in the microwave, and they just pop it in there and give it to you. Like, I like shit fresh, you know what I mean? But neither here nor there. So, you know, I cook for myself and shit. So, like, I don't like cooking chicken breast and, like, cutting through 
veins and blood and all that little blood spots and attendants, you know what I mean? I was I just kinda got tired of that shit. Like I'm really like a kind of O C D with it. Like when I'm cutting that shit, I'm looking, putting it in the light. It'll take me like two hours to cut two chicken breasts because I'm really trying to make sure I'm not eating any blood or any veins. You know what I mean? Just trying to go through that shit. So I just was like, yo, fuck this shit. I'm not trying to do this shit no more. Let me try this this vegetarian shit out. And, you know, I stumbled on a, a Dick Gregory post, and he he was like, I don't eat anything that shits, farts, pisses, or something. He said a lot of shit like that. You know what I mean? Anything with a heartbeat type shit. And I was like, yo, that, that is deep, brother. You know what I mean? I'm going to hear you out. So here, here I am on this vegetarian quest, and I'm miserable because... This shit is weak, man. And, like, the thing is, I've just been picky since birth, man. God made me this way, you know what I mean? Like, I just like food to be made a certain way, you know what I'm saying? So, these vegetarians, like, you, they they tell you that tofu is, like, the substitute for chicken. And that's a damn lie. Like, believe me when I tell you I've made tofu for the last five days and I just... I wrote it off today. I'm like, I'm not doing this shit no more as far as tofu. Because I can not get my I can get my proteins from eggs, you know what I mean? But, like, how much eggs can a nigga eat? You know what I'm saying? So, like, I've been eating eggs in the, for breakfast. But, like, what's a nigga supposed to do in the, in the afternoon? So, I've been trying to use tofu to substitute tofu as, as, like, I can cook. Like, I'm a nigga that can cook. So, like, I've been trying to substitute tofu as for everything that I used to use for chicken. So, like, I, I made tofu fajitas. Those is weak. I made tofu like tenders, like weak. I made um, tofu pasta, weak. The problem with this tofu shit is that they can't tell you it's supposed to be chicken when it's mushy. Like imagine making pasta and the tofu's like eggs instead of chicken in your pasta. The shit was just mushy as fuck, my nigga. And it was just, it was just sad. You know what I mean? It was just not a good situation. And, you know, I got the extra firm tofu. I don't want nobody to be like, oh, you didn't get the extra firm tofu. I got the pressed extra firm tofu. You know what I mean? But that shit, that shit it's hard. You know what I mean? I just, there's only so much whey powder a nigga can start eating. You know what I mean? I put that in my oatmeal. I don't drink that shit. You know what I mean? So I can only have so much. It's hard out here. You know what I mean? Like, I had cereal for dinner tonight. Like, I swear on everything. I had cereal. Like, I'm running out of options. Like... There's really not a lot of things to eat. Like, I'm having broccoli. Like, it's, it's rough. I don't know how you vegetarians do it. But shout out to the vegetarians and vegans, you know what I mean? And the vegans, like, shout out to y'all for real because y'all don't even eat eggs. Y'all don't eat cheese. Like, y'all eating some next shit. Like, the seitan, the wheat gluten. Like, I'm trying all this shit. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can do this. I might just have to go back to the bloody veins and the chicken, you know what I mean? Go back to maple lodge and... Go get a box. <laughs> Yo, man, but shit's been rough. I can't tell you no lie. But um, yeah, man, that's just my what I'm going through right now. I've been miserable for two weeks. But um H and M's get getting it right now, man. H and M's under fire. You know what I'm saying? Um I think it was actually H and M UK that caused this whole thing. But H and M um on their online website they had they were modeling some clothes, you know what I mean, selling clothes, doing what they do. And I don't know who first saw it, but somebody caught wind of 
a picture, you know what I mean, um, a, a particular sweatshirt that a black child was wearing. He was modeling the shirt, you know what I mean, and the shirt said, the coolest monkey in the jungle, you know what I mean, and then there was uh, a white child wearing his sweater and it said, survival expert. Uh, it's clearly offensive, you know what I'm saying. I don't know how nobody picked up on that, you know what I mean, and thought that man let me let's just let's just not you know what i mean but and that's where it's kind of like you gotta you gotta wonder if somebody was just like fuck it man let's just hopefully nobody pick like let's just send that subliminal message but let's just act innocent maybe they're not gonna act like nothing happened maybe they, they probably been making clothes like a lot of companies been making clothes like this since maybe for years you know what i mean but now nah, we in a different era we in the social media era baby you know what i mean where it's only a hashtag, you know what I mean, that could really get this shit sparked up. So it's clearly offensive. Um I don't how do I feel about it? Um obviously like it doesn't really it's not really burning me, you know what I mean? I like I it's not really burning me. I, I know it's offensive. I I'm not in support of it, you know what I mean? Um I never shopped H and M anyways, you know what I mean? I got I got way too big calves for that. Like my calves is way too big. I can't shop at those spots. You know what I mean? Um, that's not my swag. But The weekend um, said he won't be working with them no more. Um, shout out to The weekend. You know what I mean? He he said he, because he, he had a collaboration with them. He said he woke up in the morning and was like, oh, I'm, you know what I mean, I'm disgusted. He's he's severing ties. I think G-Eazy also severed ties. Um, shout out to my boy Swan. He's like, yo, Kevin Hart didn't say nothing about severing ties because he, he, he had a deal with them. Um, with David Beckham, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? But uh, I just this is this is what's going on now. we saw it happen with the Dove campaign when when they clearly put up an ad of somebody getting somebody a black girl putting the soap on and then turning out white like she's taking the dirt off of her body. You know what I mean? So like we're seeing this more and more, but it's kind of maybe it's been out there. You know what I mean? But we just weren't really paying attention and we didn't really have social media to just bring it to light. But H&M, man, hopefully this is a start of something new. But end of the day, man, what are we going to do? Like, I see a lot of us tweeting, you know, we're not going to shop there for now. You know what I mean? They're going to drop an Alexander Wang or whatever collection and y'all niggas going to line up. You know what I mean? Y'all niggas that like to get real. I mean, I don't know what to call like spiffy. I think it's like to get a little spiffy in that shit, you know what I mean? But that's the thing, man. And it's not like we have black designers out there like that. So I don't know how we're going to play this. Maybe H, we got to push H and them to donate to some black charities or do some shit like that. Maybe that's going to be the narrative because we can boycott, but I want to see how long that, that goes, you know what I mean? People are, people are going to go back and shop there. And the real matter, the truth of the matter is, like, if you got to hear what all of these companies that we shop at really think of us, will we stop shopping there? You know what I mean? Like, nigga, niggas been drinking Hennessy for years. You think the niggas in France give a fuck about y'all niggas? I remember when Jay-Z stopped drinking Cristal because the guy that owned Cristal was like, he didn't want hip-hop niggas. He didn't want rap niggas. Drinking a bottle, he felt it was diminishing his brand, you know what I mean? And Jay said he put that down and picked up Ace of Spades. But what I'm trying to say is that um, 
a lot of these people in higher places look down on us, you know what I mean? We just got to keep uplifting ourselves and know our worth, you know what I mean? We know our worth. We know we're not monkeys. And I see everybody saluting the, the young child, calling him king, building him up, you know what I mean? Because he didn't know what he was doing. And I'm sure his parents, oh, I don't know what his parents, if they knew, then, like, you know, shame on them, you know what I mean? It ain't like the, the check wasn't that worth it, you know what I mean? But I'm sure that they probably played a fast one on the parents, too, Made him wear like nine shirts that said different things, but the one that made the cut is the one that said coolest monkey in the jungle. You know what I mean? They probably had all the kids wearing that in front of the black parent to make them think that, oh, he, the white kids wearing coolest monkey in the jungle too, but his just didn't, didn't make the cut. You know what I mean? But that's just, that's just that blatant shit. You know what I mean? But we just got to keep overcoming. You know what I mean? Be strong and know our worth. And that's all, that's all I can say about that. Um... Eminem diss Joe Budden, man. Um, I don't really care, to be honest. You know what I mean? I did listen to it now, and it was, uh, it was I'm not going to say it was there, uh, but I just don't care to rehear an Eminem, to be honest. And I don't even care to hear Joe Budden re reply either, you know what I mean? But it was actually funny to see Joe Budden and Bizarre going at it, you know what I mean? I ain't heard, I ain't heard a scene from Bizarre since Purple, Purple Pills. I think that was the name of that joint. Um... But yeah, Joe Biden said this nigga bizarre. He gonna beat the he beat the dog shit out of bizarre in Detroit. But the funny part was when he was like, "Yo, you ain't you ain't spoke to Marshall in ten years." <laughs> That's hilarious because the nigga bizarre might really be jumping out the window just to hopefully get back in Eminem's graces. You know what I mean? But I don't I don't think Joe cares right now. I think Joe's in a great space. He he's the media man. Just had his kid. And what Eminem said wasn't, like, really that disrespectful. You know, you sit in a chair with your arms folded, like, whatever, critiquing people, you know what I mean, what he does in everyday struggle, I guess. Like, like it wasn't all that. And I don't think, even if Joe responds, I don't think Eminem is going to give Joe Budden that type of, like, uh, that diss record back, like, you know what I mean? Because Joe's no disrespect to Joe, but he's not on that level, you know what I mean? And if... Eminem wants to be that guy to give Joe that that platform to actually fire back on him and give himself a chance to win and etch his name in history as one of the guys that sparred with Marshall Mathis. You know what I mean? And so be it, but I don't see it happening. So that's why I think it's kind of like weird that he did that. But then, hey, he's, you know, he's still the real guy from Detroit that really loves to battle rap and maybe he just thinks he can annihilate Joe. But... Hopefully, we can see something good come out of that, and that'd be good for hip-hop, you know what I mean? But Joe Stock's going up, you know what I mean? Um, before I, yeah, I'm about to drop this episode, but before I do, man, I just want to say praise up for John River. I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but um, I saw a post from his page that said he needs prayers. He's been going through something for months, and he needs prayers, man, so we pray for him. And God bless him, you know what I mean? For those that don't know who he is, he's a Mississauga rapper, um, real dope. We had him on the show earlier. And, um, yeah, prayers up for him. It's about that time. I'm, I'm about to drop this episode, so shout out to Samo for coming on the podcast. Um, yeah, man, y'all listen to this one. Enjoy it. It's your boy, East. It's too real. God bless. What's up, everybody? It's, your, it's E from It's Too Real. Um, got a special guest today. Usually, we don't even have 
a woman on the show. You know, yeah, I, I called you out for yeah, it. That's did, why exactly. you have a woman on the show. So, yeah, at least we have a woman here right now and somebody who's heavily... Um, she has the interest. I'm out here. Yeah, she's out. And she has a lot of interest in some of my same interests. So um, I thought it was dope to have... She actually hollered at me, but I thought it was dope to get on. Um, yeah. Sammy? Yes. Hey, everyone. I'm Samo. I'm a journalist, editor at A&R from Toronto. Yeah, I'm out here in my cozies because it's fucking cold outside. Um, how was your Christmas and New Year? It was hectic. I ended up moving here to Parkdale, so the house that we are in right now. Where I, were you I just moved here. Um, I've kind of been nomadic for the past two years. What do you mean? Just going from place to place? Yeah. Like where? Like where? Okay, where was like your last re- three recent places you were? At? Um, okay, I was in Ottawa for a bit at my brother's, like over the holiday, just kind of getting my stuff that had been packed in his closet for a hot minute. Um, I lived in an Airbnb this past summer in Toronto, but kind of like yeah, living on an Airbnb is. Uh, Dundas West and Ronsi, so not too far from here. Um, I lived in Rexel for a long period of time. I was in Europe. I lived in Finland for a while. Like spent yeah. time in Italy this year, Croatia. Okay. Yeah. All right. So how was your Christmas and New Year? So you said because yeah, of that, it, it was it was hectic. It was hectic. Yeah. So but no gifts, no no family memories. I went to visit my bro, oh, but like okay. I've been estranged from my family for like yeah, a long period of time. So. Um, so yeah, you're f- originally from where? I'm originally from the Ottawa area. That's where I was born and like, okay. kind of like grew up, but I moved out around the age of 14. You lived, okay, you moved out to the age of 14, all right. Yeah. And then you moved here? Yeah, well, I couch surfed through high school with my friends and then um, like in the Thousand Islands and then decided to uh, come to Toronto to be That's a journalist. That's Thousand Islands? Like I'm, yeah, I'm like, um, like Brockville, uh, Kingston, that whole okay. area. So right on the St. Lawrence River. So you couch surfed like high school a little bit yeah you said, what made you say i'm gonna go out like to five hours I out got accepted to university uh, but guelph humber well, hold up so you were couch so basically you're saying you left at 14 yeah and you were living yeah with friends until you finished high school yeah <laughs> you just had the pride you didn't go back home like no no it wasn't a good it wasn't a good thing for me you literally finished high school from house to house yeah so, I had good oh, friends. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just thought, like, high school, sometimes you just need that stability. No. Well, they call me one woman army for a reason. So yeah. I found stability in myself and kind of just, like, I've always been, like, a rebel child, little badass. So I was better off on my own anyways. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then you applied to, what made you want to apply to out, come out here? Just out in Ottawa, do people still, like, because Ottawa is a, it's kind of a big city itself, right? I guess. I go there now and I'm just, like. Yeah, obviously, because you're Absolutely. from Toronto. It's like, <laughs> where people, like, out in Ottawa, like, yo, I want to go to Toronto to go to free university. So what made you... Not everybody I went to high school with are all, like, married with three kids right now. Oh, yeah. that's the vibe everybody knows. Yeah, it's a lot. So I don't go on Facebook. <laughs> Was it Carlton University out there, right? Carlton? Mm-hmm. Carlton? Yeah, Carlton. So I got accepted to Carlton, Guelph Humber, and a bunch of different places, Ryerson for journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly picked Guelph Humber because... Uh, it was the farthest from my family. It was in Toronto. And they gave me a degree and a diploma in journalism for four years. So we, that was kind of unprecedented. Okay. So let's even stay back in Ottawa for a bit. Uh. Back then, what were you doing? <laughs> like, what was like, because how did you get into like hip hop and shit? Like, what was like? Um, well, I always listened to rap music because like of the situation I was in, I felt like I was so different, and everybody in like the smaller town or smaller city, I feel like there's just one type of person mm-hmm. in a way. 
um, especially you know in places where there's a lot of Caucasian people. Yeah. You have to be one type of person. Yeah. And I was just going through so much in my life. Like, you know, my parents were addicts and I was being abused and just a lot of shit was happening. Right. And so I turned to rap music as a source of like, okay, you're not going crazy because you know, it's yeah, other people. you just I was yeah. just learning and it, it made me feel safe and it made sense. me kind of gave me the vision of like. I can get out of this, and a, and, a, and an inner strength. Who did you go to? Like, what was your? Who were you? Um, man, my favorite song. I think the song that saved my life was Styles P, "Alone in the Streets." Like that song <laughs> changed my me. life. That song changed my life because, <laughs> like, fuck. when I moved. But how did you get to that? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, what? Who said? All right, who in Ottawa was like, you know what? You're going nobody, to the ghost, nobody. In the but like, I grew up. Like in high school, in that whole MySpace era, right? Yeah, yeah. So okay, and like okay. YouTube was kind of just happening, and I spent a lot of time when I was at home on the computer researching. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Styles P. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. <laughs> um. So then, okay, you say you got to. So back then, so you basically that's when you started. Who's your first? Like your first? That Styles P. Your first hip hop listening to? Uh, not really because it was just like I grew up listening to the radio like that was the first oh, okay. thing so it's like certain things like Hove and Eminem yeah. like during okay, that whole period yeah, right DMX. and then it's like yeah DMX yeah. like his first album like his music that was like the first songs I knew word for word yeah, like okay. listening to my CD player rewinding it and trying to like teach myself but yeah and then obviously it just that fit and uh, and then when I moved to Toronto um I lived on, like, residence for the first year. Like, you know, Guelph Humber is right in Rexdale. Rexdale yeah. But I met... I wasn't really hanging out with the students there. I was hanging out with, like, the people from Rexdale. How? Okay, so, like, you just find a way to, like, kind of, like... It's... I don't know how to put this, but it's, it seems... It's seems energy. Like, no, it seems... But it seems like... Because you were outside of your house, like, 14... You just know how to roam into, the, like, the right places? Yeah. Yeah. You're a roamer? Like I am. I'm a nomad. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. just me. That's I've been... People literally call me One Woman Army because that's what I do. Yeah. I go out and I find where I'm supposed to be and new people and I learn from it. And to be honest, like, there's a lot of shit that I didn't know. Like, I lived in the homeless shelter. That's how I finished university. So I'm, I went from, like, couch surfing in through Toronto? high school. Yeah, to the shelter so system you, in Toronto. So you went to residency. Yeah, and then for the first year and then the rest of my high school experience, basically. I went from, like living in places in wrecks to living in the shelter system. How? Like, what? How? Like, okay, you were in residency, then what, what happened? Why didn't you stay in residency again? Um, just, like, money, because you, I had to, like, OSAP. It's okay. yeah, so yeah. much money, and, like, it just it wasn't my vibe. I would rather be on my own and figure it out and be secluded from everybody else and just figure it out. Like, I had a falling You just out. don't mind. No, right? I don't mind because I know what I need to do. So I, like, took So you that. don't mind basically, like, all right, so I get it. Because as long as you know your vision, you don't care, like, uh, you know. Yeah, I, who I am I asking, like, who am I going to, who was I going to ask for help from? Yeah. Not, like, who? I had friends, sure, but they're all, like, early 20s, 19 right. years old, figuring out themselves, too. So they're not going to so be able to help me. you kind of knew you were alone already. Yeah, I was yeah. alone. Right. Yeah, so I figured it out. And, um... Yeah, and through living in the shelter system, I met people from all over Toronto that came from similar situations and like young people, people that like people. yeah, like young girls yeah. that like young up and coming MCs, um, mm. people like that were into production and stuff like that. And in then the like, shelter, all these people, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of like you know people think of homeless and they yeah, think of a lot like of kids, old creative kids at this point. Yeah, yeah, they think you know there's people like LGBTQ kids that get kicked out because of who they are, or, like. Mm -hmm. You know, like 
working girls yeah. are there, like just people from all over situations, people that were abused like me that had to run away from their situation. So it's it's not just like that trope that you th- you think of like the old homeless like, man laying on the so street. So while you're in the shelter, like what are like some of this like is it like is it just just it's like a woman's shelter, right? Mm-hmm. Women are alone. Yeah, I, I was in the yeah. Y. So I was in Covenant for a minute, but then I was most of the time that I was there, I was in the YWCA. Like in Summerhill, it was a great area, Rosedale. Like oh, okay. a rich area. There's like a, a shelter hidden there. And it was a really good, safe place for me to kind of have a spot to come back to while I was going and putting myself through university. Mm. And I was learning because I didn't have a lot of street smarts when I first started out, like mm-hmm. being from where I was. No, I don't, yeah. yeah, so I came here and these people taught me how to take care of myself, how to really hustle. Mm-hmm. So, and then that's how I ended up kind of falling into the industry. So, okay, so you finished school. Yes. From the homeless shelter and all yes. that. And then, and then, like, what, like... I started, like, working. At one point, I... I like, with um, journalism or just... Yeah, so I had a full-time job working in retail, but then I had, like, a full-time inter- internship. I got an internship with Urbanology Magazine, which um, they're still going today, but it was, like, one of Toronto's only print publications, like, for hip-hop. Um, okay, so, like, you just... When you were in school, did you know you were going to be, like, a hip-hop journalist or, like, or like a music? Like, you just did... I wanted to because I didn't care about what everybody else was writing about. And that was the one thing that I knew that I was super passionate about. Um, But I remember, like, the first day of school, we sat in the class and the teacher was just like, you want to be a sports journalist and make it? Like, that's a one in a million shot. Most of you aren't going to do it. And then the other half is going to want to be, like, an entertainment journalist. You're never going to make it. Like, that's the first thing they told us. And I was like... I always do the opposite of what I'm told I'm going to be. Like, you tell me I'm not going to be shit, like, watch what I'm going to be. And I'm, like, one of the only people in that class that are even in journalism nowadays, let alone, like, a national column at the paper, like an editor. Like an editor. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so then basically, urbanology? Yes. So how did you even hear about that? Because I've never heard of that. Um, so one of the guys from Rex, he was um, earning some extra coin by, like, going to different um, festivals and stuff and helping sell. So he was part of the street team. And so I was, like, you know, chilling with a bunch of people from Rexdale, like, talking about... But, like, this magazine, what was it covering? Like? Um, every Everything hip-hop related. So they ha- we had big interviews with, you know, he, some of the biggest celebrities. Like, the first cover story I ever did was with Kendrick Lamar. But then also where, covering... Okay, where am I? That, when was this? Or what, do you, what year was this? This, specifically, I got my internship in 2011. So where am I? How do I not? How do I never? Because you're heard in of, Saga. But I never heard of this <laughs> urbanology thing though. Like, have you heard of like Exclaim magazine? Yeah, Exclaim. Yeah. Um, have you heard of Pound? No. So Pound's no longer with I us. Know, Rest Slam, in peace, yeah, Pound. Like, is that like the first hip hop? Is that the first hip hop? No, it's or? the only like One basically still has music. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, go ahead. Yeah, but um, well, urbanology like Priya and Adrian, they are the founders. They're from Scarborough. Okay. So it started as an East. How long was that out before? Um, it's about like twelve years old now. So. Word. I did not know. Yeah. So basically, you got the internship. Yeah, and then I just the and once I got that internship, everything changed. Like I just flipped into just grind mode, and I was not sleeping. I was at every what show were you in doing the city. As an intern? Um, I was basically like a writer. Like I was a journalist. It was just an internship for school. Mm-hmm. That was like my last thing to graduate. So I got to go to all of these shows. Right. I got to go to concerts. I got to go to 
like everything I wanted to go to and interview like, you know, everybody from Kendrick to Pusha T, like everybody, all these artists that I was listening to, yeah. you know, to help me. I was sitting with them now, like mm-hmm. face to face. I'm so confused. <laughs> not because I'm like, I'm just. I told you I was going to give, I was no, going to debrief the man before we sat down because he didn't not, know my story. No, it's not that. But now I'm I feel like. That. I'm confused <laughs> about the whole, or, like how I'm like. Because like I'm wondering where this magazine is. This magazine is doing it's clearly yeah. like they're getting. You know I mean the access to the artists and doing all this stuff like that. But like I've never heard of this. It's just an online magazine. Like, yeah, it's like a blog now, and I'm not sure if they have put out print copies in the last few years. Okay. So yeah, I all think right. yeah but, um, the the team that I worked with, we've kind of like moved on to different things. Okay. They're still out there though. So if you look them up, urbanologymag.com. So when you were doing that, like. You know that this is what you want to do. Yeah, there was nothing else. And there's still nothing else. I'm still doing it. Uh, what was it like interviewing Kendrick or any... Who, who was your, what was your favorite interview that you did? Um, well, Pusha T is my favorite rapper right really? now. Today, okay. yeah. Like, Alive, he's my favorite rapper. Right. Um, I've interviewed him a few times. And so I think that's my favorite is, like, I've been able to review a lot of his discography that he's put mm-hmm. out since I got started and um like i've traveled a lot Honestly, through europe man, and I'm stuff sorry, man. like it's just funny that push it. are you are you judging me by the way that i look no no it's because like push it is like um like the cocaine connoisseur right you like, can't hey you can't like, tell me that you listen to to fucking terrence and you don't just like feel like the beats and his like his no, just animalistic I'm you not, don't no, that doesn't like sure, fuel but, you but that's there are what a lot fuels of people, me there are a lot of people that would hear that and not and be like what the hell i don't care to hear about him selling drugs no because it fuels me like that hustle and that like the determination and just everything about that that entire mentality you take that entire hustle of selling drugs and you put that into something more like legal it's just the the rules of the grind are the exact same no matter what you're selling yeah. no matter what you're doing so that taught me everything I needed, you know? Well, that's just funny, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, okay, so you said Pusha T was your favorite. Yes. Um, 2011, what, was that when you interviewed Kendrick? No. I, he, I interviewed him the summer before Good Kid, Good Mad, Kid, City Kid Mad City came out. He was opening for Wiz Khalifa at the okay. Under the Influence okay. tour. And I sat with him, like, in his uh, hotel room and, like, did this big interview. And then... Basically, like the the article came out right whenever the album dropped, yeah. so it was like a sick time for both of us. So you guys were just talking about like um, OD and like his other stuff, like yeah. section, section eighty, like that. or more just more because he was getting ready. So I wanted to talk to him about his legacy and like what he wanted to be. Okay, I'll show you the article. I have it downstairs later, All but right. yeah. Um. So you you're doing all that now. How did you become a editor for UK magazine? Because I, I don't. Um, well, the thing with me is I, because I was grinding like so hard and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, this was before there was a lot of like infrastructure in Toronto. Um, and I found myself like just two to three years on that Toronto industry grind. I hit a ceiling pretty quickly. So what is that though? The Toronto industry grind? Like, cause a lot there's of no money be, here. No, see, see, yeah. the thing is like you said, Toronto industry grind, like you and you know, like I met your friend here. Yeah. Um, there's a like a circle you guys is like but to other people like it's they don't see it like, do you go to shows i do go to shows that i can go to that i do go to like yeah into a couple yeah do you go to like local shows do you go come and see like, like local artists like who, what do you mean like, who's local like if if 
Sean Leon were to put on a show at his, at the Mon Club like he did this uh, summer, would you go to the Mon Club and watch Sean I Leon? I wouldn't go to that, but I, I just like st- started listening to that. Um, what's it? CC? I don't know. What is it? Yeah. Come, is it come, come, can't come with me this can't time. Can't come with me. Yeah, exactly. That, I've heard a couple songs. I heard when he did that, him and Jazz was doing that thing. Yeah. I liked that. That was the cool, but I never really listened to him like that. But like, yeah. other artists, yeah, I'll go to their shows for like, sure. Like, have you ever been to Manifesto? Yeah, I did. I actually yeah. went to, there. I think, Darren Filano. Yeah. Um, and also, Big Lean had a show there. Yeah. And which I want to yeah. ask about that, something about that later. But you're saying the Toronto industry. So it's like, you're saying you're doing the grind. What is that like? It's just going, like, meeting everybody you need to meet and doing the things that you want to do. Like, help put on shows, help cover. But like how do it, you do it, that? Like, what do you mean help? Like, how do you, okay, basically you work, you came from your journalism yeah. spot. You knew who you knew. So, like, you just walk up, like, oh, that's what I do. And, uh, like, yeah, you like email the people that are putting on the show saying, hi, I'm Samo, I'm a journalist, I want to come and write a review oh, about your show, yeah, okay, okay. I want to interview, I want to give you promotion, I want to help you spread the word, and in turn you oh, give so me a free ticket. you doing that for like every show? Oh, you're yeah. Doing that? Oh, okay. Yeah. For like how long were you doing that until? About three years, and I got tired of it, and <laughs> so I was just like, you know, what is next? Who's like, some of the artist shows that you went to and did that for, like? Every, every, basically every single show that you could possibly think of for those three years, I was there. So, like, when Wu-Tang came and did their reunion yeah. tour at, like, Cool House. I basically lived at Cool House in Wrong Bar. Rest in peace to both those venues. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Sound Academy. Sound Academy, yeah. Like, just stuff like that. I was, I was there all the time. I interviewed most of the Toronto rappers that were coming up. Like, when Roni did his show with Tasha the Amazon and the Sixth yeah. Letter. Like, those types of things. Being a part okay. of that, reviewing, even if they're small local shows, yeah. treating that with the same respect that I would for like a huge show, like a Live Nation type of thing, and giving that the same amount of press because press is a huge thing right. that's still lacking in the city. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I cut you off, but you were talking about how you got into the, the UK thing. Yeah, so I basically traveled overseas. I went and I was living in Finland for a little bit and traveling around and just doing festivals. So I made a, a huge move. I decided the to The same go. way like you did before? You just yes. basically emailed like, I want to cover you? Well, I knew an expat over there that was over there. So I went over there. An expat? An expat, like someone from here that oh, was okay. over there working and living. And so I went over there and I started doing the same thing. Yeah, reaching out to festivals, being like, hi, I'm a Canadian journalist. I want to mm-hmm. cover your shows. And then I started doing that. And the more I got involved with... Like, Europe opened my eyes. It just opened my eyes to what Toronto could be in terms of, like, what they offer artists and, like, how they support their own and the infrastructure that they have, the money that they have, how they treat their press, stuff like that. So I just started covering all the festivals out there and paying attention to, you know, the... Were you into that music? Like, what was I was, it? like, because I listened to the same thing. Like, I knew what grime was way back in the day. I'd known who, like, Dizzy Rascal and Jamie and Wiley were... And, and all of that stuff. So I started paying attention. But when I was over in Europe, there's like an energy of that. Well, and I I'm felt it and related to it. You're in a place like Finland. Like, is yeah. that grind? Like, what are they listening to? Like, They're listening to that cover? too. Because it's like people think in places like Scandinavia, like yeah. Stockholm, that their rap scenes and their fashion scenes and their like street culture scenes. They're, in, they're insane over there. Like, there's just so much inspired stuff. A lot of the trends that I realized that come over here... Like, you know those clout goggles? People were wearing that in 2014 mm. when I moved 
over to Europe. Yeah. They were wearing that like all the time over there, and then people just started wearing them like the past couple of years over here. No, like the trends, definitely, especially all yeah. this, the tight, all the European designers. Trust me, yeah. and so I just started really recognizing that a lot of the trends were happening over there, and so I just started getting involved before they hit over here, so that I could help build a bridge between the two. So I started, once I moved over there, I reached out to every publication. I was like, I need to write for you. And then I got the gig. So, and then I've been writing and supporting everything that's been happening in the UK ever since. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you don't feel like you're ever gonna run into like a problem when they're like, oh, you're not really from here. You can't be covering our stuff. Like you don't feel like people ever say that? No, because I do it in a way where well, first off, it's music. I'm never claiming to be something that I'm not. I'm literally... Yeah, you know, let's say one time you critique something and you're like, oh, I don't like this and something. And then they're like, well, you're not from here. Like, you can't speak. Like, people could just... Yeah, you can say that. anything, but I also feel like there's not one way to review something. When I review, um, so I review a piece of art, I'm reviewing it from my perspective. And I write about that. Like, this is where I'm coming from. This is what angle that I'm, I'm coming from. Especially when I was talking about black music, and I'm a white woman, I'm very clear about like what I can and cannot talk about anyways. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just talking about how I was influenced. That's why there's like a million different reviews that are coming out. So when I write about the UK music, I'm not writing it from like, this is the be all and end all. It's like, this is how I was affected by it. But like sonically, this is what it sounds like. So I'm coming from like, you know, my expertise as someone that critiques music but also my own perspective as well that no one can take away from because that's mine and it's facts. Yeah. And now because I've been writing for, you know, the UK, Toronto is now being able to get a lot of like, I'm being able to build a bridge because I feel like, you know, coming from Toronto, there is a lot of perspective. Like there's just so many similarities between London yeah. and Toronto that London weren't even, they weren't even aware of it. That's why there was a lot of times they were just like, oh, you guys copy our slang and Drake and there was that whole narrative. They weren't sure. They weren't aware that there was culturally such a similarity between the two cities. What year is this you're talking about? Well, the past couple of years, really. I think there was some people, because I remember like um, when guys like K-Coke would come out here. Yeah, of course, of course. Like, so it was a little bit, but um, that, that's, that's dope. Shout out to the UK. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? How did you get to a and So I got into a and because of my connection with the UK. So there's a, um, you know, it was kind of a support system called NewGen, which my friend Caroline SM, shout out to her, she founded it and it started as you know, a platform for the next generation to, you know, they started putting on parties and putting on shows like Stormzy and J-Huss did their first ever show out there. Mm -hmm. And then Radar Radio, which is like, you know, a huge radio platform in the UK, gave them their own bi-weekly radio show. And then because of what they were doing culturally over there, um, XL Recordings basically gave a new gen an opportunity to put out a compilation project at the beginning of this year. So on the album, they had everybody from AJ Tracy, you know, to like Steph London to, mm -hmm. you know, Abracadabra, all the people that were really making moves culturally yeah. over there, like the new sound and put them on a comp project. And then that did so well that XL offered them an imprint. So now New Gen is an imprint of XL Recordings, so which that's is, who you're in, yeah, okay. so they're the biggest, you know, independent record label in the world. And 
it just made sense. Like I had really supported everything that they were doing from being over here and being a fan of music, but also writing about music and just being obsessed with what was happening over the in the UK. Like I just mm -hmm. supported what they were doing. And then Caroline saw what was happening in Toronto and she's like, it only makes sense that we support now like what is happening over in Toronto and make yeah. Toronto part of the conversation. And so she, you know, we kind of teamed up and she was just like, I trust your ear and music. So, you know, so that I'm kind of on my way of doing that, the same thing over here. Okay, so what is exactly happening in the UK? Like when you say like how, like, can you explain the system or whatever they got going on as far as what's the difference between UK and Toronto? Um, culturally, there's... Not culturally. Yeah, yeah. like there's not okay. a lot, but in terms of infrastructure, they have a lot of support now because they've claimed it in a way where they didn't make excuses. Like we complain about the radio all the time, but... They went out and created pirate, like put together pirate radio and had all these pirate radio stations where they would go and take over. Who's they? Like people like Skepta, who's now, you know, one of the biggest artists. They would create like their own radio station? Yeah. Like they would take, take over, over radio they would take over radio stations, like steal. Okay, like the wave. Yeah, the wave okay. and kind of go on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, grime has been happening like decades. There's things happening. These people are still making music, like Kano and P Money and all these people that are now getting their shine. So I think the, the difference, the main difference is, is that they supported what they were doing without the industry giving them their just dues or without making the excuses of like, oh, we don't have an infrastructure or the rest of the world doesn't fuck with us or take us seriously. They just continued to do it, like to the point where they just like now you have people like Stormzy and Jay Huss up for Mercury Awards, and you have people winning all these major awards for the same music that has been, they've been making the same music for this whole time. But it's there, you know, the people support it so much that the industry has no other choice now to jump on board and be like, okay, we're gonna give you the accolades that you've been deserved type mm -hmm. of thing. So I think the main difference is that we don't have that yet because we are so close to like North America. And we, we kind of look to New York and all these other cities about, like, what to emulate instead of, you know, let's not look at them to give us, like, our props. Let's just do it. Let's believe in what we're doing. Let's believe in our streets and our story and our slang and our sound and continue to do it. And I feel like that's starting to now finally happen. Like, you're looking at people like Pangs and K Money and all these people like raking in millions of views on their mm -hmm. on their videos where that really never happened before. Yeah. So I feel like people are really starting to be like, you know what, I fuck with us. And we're not really the screw face capital that we what? once were. You see what you just said right there? And those guys yes. you named, Pangs, K Money, yes. they don't get any blog coverage. That's what I mean. Or radio or anything. But I'm not even... Radio, yeah, we don't even care about that. Don't we? Or like radio. streaming but I'm support. Saying, like you can go on the noisies, you can yeah. go on the faders, you won't see any of those guys. Exactly. But you can see the guys in Toronto who have less yeah. than that. Of and course. What is that about? It's because the industry isn't paying attention to it. You have people that are in charge of these blogs, you have people that are in charge of these radio shows, in charge of things like the Junos and Polaris and all these types of things that aren't paying attention to what is happening in the streets because they are so disconnected from it. They've never been in that life. They don't understand. They're not checking for... But they don't care about the actual impact it's actually having. And like, yet. And the number. Yet. They will. 
if they yeah, if Toronto but, continues to do the same thing that the UK did, where before they their infrastructure and industry didn't give a shit either, they just kept going until it was undeniable. Is, a lot of the industry in Toronto, from the outside looking in, which I don't know, yeah, like the people that write for Fair, write for Noisy, write for all these things. They're f- people from Toronto. And the people that I see actually getting those particular... Like, those guys you name... I can name... Like, I could go on for days naming rappers that have way more bigger social media fan bases, have way more um, listens, streams, sound, whatever you want to call them. But they're not on the stuff. Like, the guys that I'll see, I'll see hipsters all over. Yeah, of course. So, But that's what I'm saying. But the hipsters don't even have... Is, what, are you only paying? Are you? What do you mean you're, you're not? Pay, what are you paying attention to? Like I get what you're like. You're saying they're not paying attention, but how are you seeing the hipsters if they don't even have this particular buzz that these guys have? Because they know them. It's the politics. They're seeing them on Queen Street West. Exactly. These so writers aren't going to Regent Park, or they're not going to Rex. Well, you don't have to go there anymore. These, you can just go yeah. online. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying, and see that. All right, this guy might really be more popping than this guy that I'm promoting. Like, that's the part that I don't get as far as a disconnect like we have the blogs like now they're out here now and we see all these guys like I'll go on Twitter and I'll see everybody in their little bio says I write for Fader I write yeah. for this but but that's why di- diversity is so important in in the industry and we don't have that like this is the first year that like I don't even know if I'm supposed to like allowed to say this but I'm I'm, a, I'm on the jury for the Junos this year mm-hmm. it's my first time ever I've been in the industry from time yeah. The first time I'm ever I like I'm just finally on the prison prize, yeah. which is the, you know the the jury for the the music videos and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's like you know I never even had the ability to join these things or have a say right. before because of like the gatekeepers and the old guard and like the old people that are kind of in these positions that aren't checking for this stuff anymore because they're disconnected for it. But so like, it's it's about breaking the doors down on this side too because I'm trying to like. Look at the people that I named before and the, the reasons why I listened to these types of artists. Like, I'm paying attention to what is mm-hmm. happening in the streets. No, but it's I, also, I I'm tell. on the same grind trying to, like, break the doors down so I but can I'm make a difference see, as well. Not, see how you can, you can pay attention to the Sean Leons. You can pay attention to the K-Moneys and all those other guys. Mm-hmm. Why is it that other people can't... Why is it that they only pro-hipster? Like I'm, They I'm, suck at their jobs and they're obviously hipsters. Yeah, like, I'm having... That's, the, that's my thing because it's like... I feel like these guys, they're already doing it. Like, Have you ever been in the Vice building or like walked in and see no. the type of people that work there? Like, that's why. <laughs> but then it's like, but so what is the product? Why are you got, there's no integrity is what you're saying? Like, yeah. And it's, it's you, we need more people like you that are people that are, are supporting that, that are not scared to create a podcast to talk about this stuff. But I don't see, think of me, I don't mind there being... There's, I think there's enough room for the jazzes, enough yeah, room for Charlions, but there's room for the presses and there's, the we can all eat. It's 2018. But exactly. So what, that is my only thing. Like I don't like I don't think blogs are that important. They're they not are anymore. As far as because like, you know I mean, I guess the little internet that people like to see that like, but I feel like these guys are actually doing it. It it's, it just really bothers me to be yep. honest. Well, all that we can do is look out for people that we know, like support each other. Number one, like me coming on here now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're from two different worlds. Yeah. Now, hopefully, more people are going to pay attention to what you're doing because I'm on here. And then they start listening and you paying attention to now the artists that you're co-signing. It's it's kind of just like getting out of our little bubbles and supporting each other and 
not being scared to jump into these different worlds. And then like mentoring, like not being scared to support kids that want to start their own blogs that are writing about these artists, you know, like Six Track and Six Wars and all these new up and coming things. It's just like not looking at it as competition and just paying attention. Like that's all we can do is just tell the city of Toronto to pay attention and to keep supporting. Um, do you know who put together Six Rising? Yes. What, what did you think of that? Um, it was overwhelming and a, it was very long and like the same, the thing was like I was on Northside mm-hmm. so like I was with Nathan the, that entire time that he was putting it together I kind of like, you know, introduced him to a bunch of the artists and stuff mm-hmm. like that so you know, in some ways it was like competition, like Six Rising because Vice, Noisy put that together and so I don't know like the exact people that were working on the album but I obviously I know everybody on Six Rising and could have been shorter and it could have been more diverse and they stuck with the same people how do they how do you like i don't know if you know but how did they how did they pick the casting six rising i'm not too sure about how they did it but um yeah i couldn't tell you about how they did it i know how nathan did it and that was just like the people that we were around he had mm-hmm. he was here for like two weeks and so we put together like the people that we knew that we had access to very quickly well because six rising like do you know what that means? The six, like, the, what is the actual six rising mean? Because I don't know if it doesn't mean the people that are rising on the rise, or is it like the actual is it about it's not about the six people they picked, or is it just about no? The six? I don't think it was about yeah, it was about the city. Okay. And so here's here's some stories that are people that are you know that you probably heard of, or people with a good narrative that are from Toronto trying to make it out of here. So. because you know, I'm just. Like, I just was wondering, because like, I was wondering if Big Lean was on it, and I was, yeah. like, I was just wondering how, no disrespect to Big Lean, he's a good rapper and everything, he's cool, but yeah. I was wondering how he was on it. Like, there's, because I was just wondering if it was, like, he's kind of, like, been rapping. Yeah. So, it's, like, he's not new. Yeah. And there are guys with way bigger budgets than him. Yeah. So, it was, like, that kind of, like, I didn't get how they picked that. And I want to ask about Manifesto. What is that? Like, what is, I know they put on shows. Like, yeah. what are they? Like, what? It's a hub. It's. Manifesto is really a hub of like community and culture, so it's kind of evolved over the years. But yeah, it's supposed to be, um, you know, like a festival representing the different aspects of hip hop. So you know, you have like the b boys doing this thing, and we've had different like events throughout the year. But yeah, it's just a support of like what is happening in Toronto specifically culturally when it comes to hip hop and putting on like the kids from the community. So it's not like this is why you don't see people like K Money on the stage. But do you know like? But they yeah they should hundred percent. No, no because not not to go back to Big Lee, but he had a show like yeah. I, and I went there like I went to that show. It's also a wholesome family. Of who you know, right? Is that thing. What it is? Manifesto but, is super wholesome. That's what I'm saying. And like, for your whole family can come out and enjoy. That show was not about a family. I went to yeah. Big Lee's show. Like, yeah, it was just not. It wasn't like for a family at all. I was. I'm just wondering. It's like. What is the criteria? It's like, how come some people get picked and other people don't get Well, picked? pay attention to the links, number one. Like, but if you're on Twitter or... Integrity? Like, where... Because don't be promoting and saying, oh, the hottest in Toronto. Like, but do you have people like that, like, uh, trying to apply and be a part of it? Like, I don't even think... Like, you have if, to apply? To yeah, be, usually. To put on... I'm not... He had his own, like, yeah. show. Like, Manifesto Presents. You have to apply for them to present Certain. your shit, like... Certain things, no, but yeah, you have like a team, and you know what? This year, because I want to see a lot more shows in the city, so when I see yeah. other people having them, I'm confused. Is like, why can't I see 
impressive. Why they should. And I feel like this year there was a major turning point in terms of like people paying attention to the artists that are coming out of the different hoods. And like I'm not going to give Baca all of the credit, but mm-hmm. I feel like that made a huge difference because you've had st- these street rappers coming out. Like when I first moved to Toronto, I started listening to like what was happening in the East with like Beast and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then you had, you know, Mayhem in the West. Okay. And there's like, like, that's what I listened to. Genghis Khan and all mm-hmm. of this stuff. But, you know, you know, that Mayhem doc came out earlier this yeah. year. And I remember wanting uh, to talk to a lot. Of, yeah. I wanted to talk to a lot of people in the industry about it and, there, people did not know who the hell he was. Oh, really? Yeah, like, a lot of people that work yeah. in the industry had no idea who he was. But then you have, you know, Baca came out this year, and he, I, I just, like, rode so hard for him because he, mm. re- that reminded me of that time of, like, Toronto hood rap. And I was like, mm. yo, these sounds, like, on the radio and, like, on this level, being in Apartment 200 and people freaking That's out, cool. showed me, like, wow, this could really happen. And since then, you've had, like, the Pengs and Tutu track. It's at, like, 2 mil now. Uh, All of these. See, like, okay, if we're going by that, I, guess. I give it to... I think it's, like, that particular... Like, oh, I'm not saying it was no, Baca. No, no. I'm just saying that there's a turning point now where I feel like the city is ready now for... No, no, that you're right. Hood That's rap how, that, to yeah. be on a major no, level. You're right. Level to my name was yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it kind of showed right. that, like, all right, it's time. You have, there's now room for, like, the presses and yeah. um, Pyrex yeah. and all of Casper. that stuff. Yeah, from all the different hoods now to have this space and be part of the narrative instead of the same, like, kind of rappers that you see at Apartment 200. Like, the Come Downs and 88 Glam. Yeah. There's room for everybody and all the different Sonics in the city. Um, I don't know if this is true, but is there, like, any truth to, like, do... Like, do labels own um, places that people perform? No. Absolutely not. Okay. Because I heard somebody had told me that, like, basically, like, Rebel and all those other spots, like, they, they'll, like, book their artists and make them open up only, like, for... If, if an artist is coming there... Mm, not I, really. It's because, like, when you get... If you're, like, on a label, right? You Your label has sway with Ticketmaster and Live Nation and all of this type of stuff. So those connections make it easier for you to get on the bill rather than being an unsigned artist. Okay. Yeah, that's how that works. Okay. So it's like it's part of your deal. You have like a whole label team reaching out with Live Nation being like, oh, this person is going to open up for this tour. Okay. That so, yeah. Um, so what's up with that over there? So you say some people you're listening to. Today. Yeah. Well, okay, you know who my favorite find of this summer was? Cool. Swagger Wright. Oh, shout out to Saga Swagger. Right? Yo, I'm in love with the cake. Yes. Yeah. What the fuck was that? I was at um, I was at a benefit show at Mod Club. I'd never mm-hmm. heard the track before. Yeah. And it was a benefit show for the Hurricane Relief, mm-hmm. and he came out and killed the stage. Like yeah, he's this got man great energy. Yeah. Came out, dripping in Gucci, yeah, and just he's, bounced he's around. Yeah. <laughs> it was so blessed. And I was like, okay, hey, this kid is amazing. Um, but then we also have like. Obviously, you know, Sean Leon, Adrian Day is a new artist that he's okay. really co-signing. So that's not as much street rap. Um, Killy. It's, it's rap, though? It's rap yeah, though. yeah. He's he's kind of in like that very, he's in a like very artistic lane. The beats that he jumps on are really dope. I recommend you taking him. What's his name again? Adrian Day? Uh, Adrian Day. Okay. Yeah. So Biz Loke. Okay. He's fire. And then right now... R&B is killing the game. Like, everyone from Raheem to Savannah Ray, I think our R&B is up next, too, in the city. Okay, Dan uh, Caesar's doing his thing, but who else is 
doing their thing for R&B from out here. Like, is it happening? Like, Have you heard of this kid named Raheem? I don't know. I don't He's know. amazing. I You need to take him in. He's Just Raheem? Like, yeah, Raheem. Yeah. R-A-A-H-I-E-M. Yeah, wow. And then Savannah Ray is, yeah, like, Savannah she's Ray, yeah. about to be all the way out of here. So, you know, if you're not on the bandwagon yet. <laughs> but, um, okay, see, I don't know, like, how does that, so why is it so much easier for R&B and other things, like, to, like, catch on or even, I don't know if I say R&B or just. I, I think it has a lot to do with, like, the industry being too scared, like, the people that are in charge, like, the, the A&Rs. It's easier to take a risk on R and B because of like trends. You don't really have to worry about like voice, like someone's voice when you're singing R and B. That's kind of, you know, talent is there. It's in mm-hmm. your face. When you're taking a chance on rap, you have to. There's like a million other things that you have to take into consideration, like what's happening trend wise, and kind of, you're taking a chance. You're guessing, all about what's gonna be next. Is this gonna hit at the right time? There's just a lot of different things. So I feel like the people that do have the infrastructure and they have the ability to offer these rappers the ticket, are they're holding back because they're they're scared. So we'll see. You um obviously you can't name me, but there are okay. There are a lot of rappers in the city that are signed. Yeah. Right. But so how do they, like, how do label? Is it just a link or how do labels reach out to them? Like when if you see some guys like. They won't have any... Their views will be a little minimal. You know yeah. what I mean? And you're like, how did you end up getting this endorsement now? And it's like, where did... How does like... Because I know labels can do groundwork, but like, it's, yeah. it's very rare you're going to stumble on somebody who's not really popping yet. Yeah. Like, is it just like somebody's like, oh, it's my boy. He's really talented. Well, that's the A&R's job is to find that first and foremost and to take so those risks. Very, really, right now is really... Because I know Sony's out here like... Universal, so there is really E one. They're, they're picking really up a lot of people right now. Yeah, they're and they're starting to. Because like they're starting to. This is the year where a lot of people are gonna get signed. A yeah. lot of artists are gonna get signed. Like so, I, it's actually active now because like yeah. I know that these companies have been here, but I never really took. Like I heard, always heard like the rumor like when you get signed to the Canadian side, it's not really anything. Like, yeah. It's start. It's starting to like even if in terms if it's just a, like a distribution deal. So yeah. that's saying that's just getting you on streaming services mm-hmm. and pushing your single, making sure you, that they're getting on playlist. on a playlist. The so they're playlist. not maybe they're not getting these huge record deals and yeah. getting tours and all of this stuff out of it. But a distribution deal in Canada is still a big deal. Oh, yeah. You're still getting promotion, the bag yeah. and you're getting the promotion out of it. Mm-hmm. And then on a lot of things that are happening right now is um, single deals. Mm-hmm. So I noticed you on the six words before we're talking about a certain artist and how like they popped up out of nowhere and like their views went all the way up yeah. and you're like how is that possible we're not going to name any names yeah. but like people also like they're signing single deals yeah so that's another thing too it's just like let's sign this song Word. and push this song mm-hmm. so that's why a lot of people can claim that they're independent or yeah, whatever not really, okay. they are still independent artists yeah. it's just their song is signed mm-hmm. so there's like little technicalities yeah. nowadays <laughs> where that's, that's what's happening yeah. behind the scenes. Wow. It's, I'm just happy there is actually, like, a scene yeah. now. But I just hope, man, like, I just hope, man, that certain people get their just due because, like, I always say, man, like, I hate seeing my, like, my favorite rappers go to jail and they're like, it's like, oh, this is over. But I know that they're literally using, they're, they're trying to fund whatever they're doing. And, yeah. You know, so it's like, it's, it's just a yeah, silly it's a cycle. cycle. When you see yeah. it and then you, like, 
how is he just not how do people not see it it's yeah. sad it's, it's, it's yeah. weird man so all you artists out there that have label interests go into your house and wait don't like yeah. <laughs> please do not yeah, fuck it up just keep going yeah man. just keep putting out the music and letting it happen like there's ways that you can hustle and not end up behind bars and get yourself into danger like right. I'm the living breathing Ooh, proof of that yes, definitely um, favorite albums of 2017. Mm. You're gonna have to read my list. Oh, I'll yeah, send you the link. Okay. Yeah, I'll put it in um, the description. There's just so many. It was a crazy year. But my favorite you... album, like the one that I replayed the most, was Jay Huss Common Sense. So that's okay. a UK artist. He's kind of like, have you heard of him? I, yeah. yeah so that too. whole like Afro bashment wave, mm-hmm. he's leading it. He's got his own sound. I thought that was a saucy ass album. As a journalist, like in how do you keep up and write? Because now I feel like music comes out. There's so much music. How yes. do you even keep up to even know what to write about? And who's? How do you keep in to know? Like, do well, you really like? I know you listen to music, but do you really? Because you have to probably listen to so much. Do you? Does it like? Do you still get that same? I do, but but the thing that I hate is that I can't go back. Like that's what I was doing all Christmas break. I was like re-listening to old albums that I yeah. loved. From like years ago, yeah, because I don't get to do that. Yeah. I'm always listening to music, but it's always like what's happening now. Yeah. Um, but I'm blessed now to have my own team, so I know what I like. I love listening to like drill, ears. like the yeah. what's happening in the UK drill. So I lot listen to a lot of like the UK music or like the harder rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'll get my team together and I'll be like, "Yo, can you review this? Can you review okay. this?" And I stick to what I love, which keeps it fresh for me. And then I can listen to like singles and I listen here and there. What's like your hub to get music? Like, where do you? Um, everything. Like, it's just like I have twenty million things, and I have a million tabs open, and I'm on SoundCloud, but I'm also on like, well, blogs may be dead here in the UK. They're not. You have everything like Link Up and GRM happening, but then you also like Twitter is a huge yeah. thing for me. Twitter is my biggest, so it's just following, always searching for people and finding things, and you know, YouTube is huge now too especially when i'm listening to like what is happening in toronto in the yeah, streets youtube, YouTube yeah. is this, is the thing and that's what makes me so excited is that's what happened with the uk is that yeah, all the drill artists and the grime artists they used youtube yeah. and it got to a point where views were the defining thing in the that's uk yeah, and yeah. people get it's signed now off of like oh you hit a certain amount you're getting a deal I, even I if it's just a distribution deal um, right now as we're speaking I just want people to know Pressa is at three million. Yeah, views for Canada Goose. And like, I don't know, man. It's just, yeah. it's I don't know. Obviously, it's exciting. I know, I know he has his whatever legal issues, but I yeah. truly think he's a star. Yeah, and I, and I think he's ready. I because think. that sound that a lot of artists from the Toronto Toronto are following right now, yeah. that's him. Yeah. People thought he was a complete weirdo when they heard his yeah, voice. They were like, just, "What yeah, is the this?" Thing, the thing about I say to people is like, um, is with Pressa is like if you if you're gonna judge the high pitched voice, then you. Just don't listen to him. Exactly. Because you're not going to like it. I mm-hmm. think he's always saying something. Yeah. He, has, he definitely yeah. does say stuff. Um, yes. But I'm just happy to, to be in this time. I'm hoping 20... I, I actually this think is the year. Is Trust me. The biggest year we've had since. 100%. Tweeted that. A lot of people are eating. Yeah. A lot of people are eating in 2018. I'm I hope excited. everybody gets to eat, though. Yes. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Um, Samo, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, let the people know where they can find you and all your... Where they can listen, read your article. All right, true. Um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Samo Mariliona and um, follow the 405. Go to the405.com and check out New Gen. 
Excel you got, recordings. You gotta, okay. It'll be in the description because you yes. said that like people were gonna know how to spell it, but I'm sure it's gonna be in. The description. I'm out here. Just right, look for that blue you. check. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's your boy Ethan Stewart.